Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Well, let's say goodbye to April. This is the last day of uh, the fourth month. Heading now into month number five, May. And, um, God, apparently some stuff's going to start opening up around here in uh, a few days. Um, and I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, even a, even something as seemingly inconsequential as a dog walking service, um, which I did use so that my dog had a chance to be around other dogs and and have a nice uh, outing while I was doing my show. Um, but I'm, I don't know. It's weird because we don't know so much, right? Oh, well, those are my, those are my issues. Um, the most extraordinary story I came upon since last we spoke is this, you know, the the story from Arizona of the the husband and wife uh, downing some uh, chloroquine phosphate is actually what they did, whatever the cleaner for their uh, their fish tank after, of course, our, our genius president had suggested that um, this drug, uh, malaria drug, could in fact uh, cure uh, COVID-19. So we all know the story. Uh, And the guy died. Um, She was hospitalized, I guess, but uh, came out okay. Um, Well, it turns out that uh, the police in Mesa City, Arizona, where this occurred, uh, are treating this uh, like a homicide. Now, they say that any unconfirmed death is often, you know, subjected to uh, this kind of an investigation. Uh, but the cops are there are being closed mouth, but this one detective said this as this is an active investigation. I cannot go into any details. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, however, uh, a reporter for the Free Beacon uh, has been doggedly looking into the case and interviewing people who knew the guy and the woman. His name was Gary Lenius. He was 68 years old. His wife, Wanda, is 61. Um, People who know him, knew him, say there's no way this guy was stupid enough to believe that. They describe him uh, as a level-headed, retired engineer. 
they also say that the wife, Wanda, was a pro-science Democratic donor. So here's one guy who used to design um, design systems with this with now the deceased. What bothers me about all this is that Gary was a very intelligent man. I mean, a, requ- a retired mechanical engineer, and I really can't see the scenario where Gary would say, "Yeah, please, I would love to drink some of that koi fish tank cleaner." It just doesn't make sense. Then it turns out that Wanda, the wife, uh, was not nice to her husband, even in public, and it embarrassed friends often, felt embarrassed for him, but he seemingly loved her and would let it go. She also was accused of physically assaulting him, and that made it to the police department. Um, So what the reporter has found is that this is a marriage that was uh, troubled, that both of these two are not Trumpers. Uh, They did not support Trump. they wouldn't have listened to this. Uh, she is the only one left to tell the story. And her story had been that she and her husband had watched the president, uh, you know, talk about how wondrous this uh, chloroquine was. And she remembered all of a sudden purchasing a container of that contained it to clean a fish tank. Now I got to tell you right there, I'm, I find that suspect. Uh, the, it's a powder. It is lethal as heck if ingested. Um, she did tell the police we weren't big supporters of Trump. Uh, And I guess we just made a horrible, tragic mistake. She she also said that her husband had been planning a doctor's appointment to have a leg injury looked at. And they were afraid to go because they didn't want to, you know, needlessly subject themselves to potentially picking up uh, the virus. And she said that's when she reached for the fish tank cleaner. And she said her husband said, is it still good? And she said, yeah. She also routinely prepared a so-called vitamin cocktail for her husband, according to a friend. And... um She had said that she and her husband had not talked specifically about taking the chloroquine. She says, no, it was really kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. Uh, You know, a teaspoon, um, some soda, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, whatever. The fact is, is this is an open investigation into a possible murder of a husband by a wife.
okay? Um, a very devious wife. I mean, can you imagine? Who saw the president's remarks as a way to do in her husband while also suggesting that he was a, you know, an idiot. Wow. But she was willing to make herself look like an idiot, too. I don't know. Anyway, just want you to know, headline, police investigating death of Arizona man from chloroquine phosphate. And, uh, yeah, who knows? While, um, changing the subject, while we here are mourning the loss of uh, much of of the things that we might have previously taken for granted, like uh, the original hot dog shop in uh, in Oakland, the Dirty O. Uh, turns out the Dirty O is so iconic that the Wall Street Journal did uh, a big piece <laughs> on it closing down. Who knew? Um, I mean, and it's really, as I read the piece, I, I, I wasn't really mourning, though. I hadn't been in the O in a million years. A million, easily. Um, but on reading the piece, it was hard not to <laughs> to start missing it, really. Oh, now you're not going to let me read this? You're kidding, jerks. Sorry, I thought I was going to be able to share this with you, but now all of a sudden, they, and I do belong to the Wall Street Journal, so why aren't you letting me in? I'll tell you why they're not letting me in, because I never know how to sign in. I never recall uh, if I, every time I hit these things, you know, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, I'm reading along, and then they cut you off and say, uh, are you a subscriber? And I think, yeah. But I can never prove it because I don't recall ever passwords that I put. I, I have not a clue. So sorry, I'm not going to get to share that with you, which was um, really delightful. And it really talked a lot about the, um, the filth. <laughs> it didn't get the name Dirty O for no reason in particular. This is one of those places where, you know, your shoes stuck to the floor. And that was the charm, I guess, for a lot of people. It's so funny now that we're all so hyper-conscious <laughs> about, about germs and, you know, and cleanliness um, that the O in part was uh, – iconic by virtue of being this filthy uh, place. They mentioned um, a review of it written, I forget when, but by, you know, by some newspaper that said that it appeared the bathrooms, the public bathroom there had not been cleaned since uh, the 1960s. So, anyway, just saying. Um, I got a call uh, last evening uh, from from Joanne Rogers, uh, who is, you know, stuck in her in her condo 
in Oakland, uh, like so many of the rest of us, but she sounded chipper and, and, and great. Um, but she was calling because she was so excited. She had just uh, found out, been talking to, the actress who played her in the Tom Hanks movie. Um, and she said, I, you know, she just, she said she really adored this woman. She got to know her and really liked her. And she's mostly the, it's not an actress whose name we know. Uh, and she, um, what am I trying to say here? Oh, she's mostly a, a, a theater actor uh, and does a lot of work in, in New York theater work. And um, she she had told Joanne about this uh, New York public theater production that uh, she and her husband, also an actor and some other actors, had been uh, doing over the years. Um, and it it was called What Do We Need to uh, Talk About? Or the Apple Family, as in the fruit, the Apple Family. And this is something that goes way back. It's little plays about this family, the Apples. And the first play was back in, uh, was 10 years ago, I guess. And, and then there have been plays since. And they decided to do a new one for these times. And obviously, instead of being on stage, uh, I think it's at Lincoln, isn't it the Lincoln Theater um, where the public does its stuff? Obviously, you can't do that. So they're doing, they were doing it on online, on YouTube, and and Joanne said, you, you'll want to see this. It's at 7.30 tonight, last night. And so I, I, I made a point of, of watching this um, live, maybe, theater <laughs> that had all, all of the actors in different places on Zoom. And they did it by being that family that the Apple family that they had played before and the Apple family now. And it was really wonderful. Um, wonderful seeing this play that seemed so real by virtue of the fact that it was current. We could identify with certainly a family, um, talking to each other on those all stuck in their little boxes. And obviously in order, the playwright, knowing he had to deal with the, them, all of them being in different little boxes, had to, well, he didn't have to, but two of the actors are married. So they would be, even though you wouldn't expect them to be um, in the same house, 
um, because they play a brother and sister, but they're really husband and wife. Am I still, you still have me here? And that is the woman um, who played Joanne in the, in the movie. Anyway, it was fantastic. Her name is Mary Ann Plunkett. And man, uh, these actors were so friggin' good. And I just want to say, I got a feeling that might be available, um, uh, you know, not in real time now, but uh, to, to get it, if you go to publictheater.org slash apples and treat yourself to about, I think it's about an hour. And uh, it was something. It really was. You know, the, the theater has been so, I mean, art in general, artists, theater, uh, especially because it's, <laughs> it's meant to be uh, done live with a lot of uh, people sitting or standing or whatever, but being together. And uh, man, uh, the creativity uh, that was evidenced uh, in this piece was was wonderful and because it's a very new york set piece uh the apple family one of the characters had um had a job with cuomo and he says some very you know sort of off-handed things about cuomo so it's up to date he talks about him now being the hero who knew who knew that this terror I worked for would turn out to be, you know, everybody's idea of a wonderful human being. So it was able to be totally uh, current uh, in a way that theater often, I don't know, is, is not. But I just, uh, I just thought it was was wonderful. So um, check it out. This was a benefit uh, production. It's seventy minutes. I just saw that. Um, and uh wow there's so much talent in this world there's so much talent and when people of talent are unable to have their usual outlets uh well necessity is the mother of invention i guess they they find a way and it was delightful. So I was so happy Joanne told me about it, and I'm passing it on to you because I think maybe you can still uh, enjoy it as I did. Little Tony says about the, oh, why can't somebody buy it? Well, I don't know. It was, it's been in the same family forever. It was two brothers, the Stearns. Um... I don't know. Little Tony says the O was a place that I thought would always be there. <laughs> yeah, but Tony, when's the last time you actually went? It was sort of like, I, I swear, I don't think I've been in that place more than twice in the 40-some years I've been in Pittsburgh. I, it's also, you know, the other iconic restaurant, uh, in, in Pittsburgh is obviously Promantes, um, and I have long uh, been um, a, well, I've never thought Promantes 
was any good. I mean, I don't even understand why people think that their food is good. <laughs> it's beyond me. Um, I find it awful, horrible, yuck. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I've always – I'm embarrassed every time, you know, like uh, uh, some national or international, uh, you know, event happens and, man, you know, they're looking for side buyer stories or this is Pittsburgh stories. And, man, they always have to go to Premantis. Uh, yeah, don't get it. I got the O more than I got Premantis. But, you know, it's just like a a dangerous, uh, a dangerous delight in many ways. The O. I mean, it's not exactly food that's good for you. One of the reasons that their fries were so damn good is they fried them twice. I guess they went around in peanut oil. And then again, I mean, this is like, this is uh, not good stuff for your body, I suspect. We have a call. Probably a Primanti supporter. Hello. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. No French fry order. Hi, I'm Mike. <laughs> so you were making recommendations for stuff to watch, and I am talking about the creativity of actors. There's a show on YouTube for free called, I'm looking at it now, called Take Me to the World, a Sondheim 90th Birthday Celebration. And I think it's put on by Broadway.com. And they um, have 40 actors alone individually in each of their living rooms singing a song. Some of them are like three-way sing-alongs, which I'm not sure how they did that. But (laughs) it was so touching and so sweet. And the talent, I mean, literally, just sitting there with the ping, 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 belting it out like they were on the Great White Way. It's unbelievable. So tell me again what it's called, Take Me... Take the, Me to the World, yeah, which is a tune from one of his um, lesser-known shows, a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration. Okay, a Sondheim. Mer- oh, I've heard of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Merle Streep, Andrew McDonald, and Christine Baranski do like a trio of Here's to the Ladies Who Lunch. It oh, isn't the best yeah. part of the show, but it's interesting. And so this Randy is a, this Rainbow is a Sond- song. This is all Sondheim songs then. Yeah, it's to celebrate his 90th birthday. Jeez. Bad wow. time to turn 90. No, well, not I hope they have him quarantined. I hope he is so quarantined. <laughs> not that he's writing anymore, but um, yeah, he's truly like, you know, up there in the greatest things America has ever produced. His music is just amazing. And some of the, and the, the all the people singing, not all of the people singing are people we know. Sure. I was Googling frantically, who is this woman? Yeah. Who is that man? Well, because they're stage um, actors. You don't necessarily, I mean, how many of us do take in, are able to take in New York stage um, work? First of all, it's so damn expensive. Right. And the last time I was in a Broadway theater, you know, the thing that blew me away is some of those theaters are so old and you sit the the seats were made for people who were not as big as us 
And so you can barely fit in the seat. There's not enough leg room. You are packed in, like, I mean, just packed in. And it's it's funny how little, um, what little space is allotted to each person for the hundreds and hundreds of dollars that they have to put down for a for a ticket. Um, yeah, I was so. used to the Benedem and Heinz Hall. So when I went to my first Broadway show, I was like, what is this little dumpy place? No, I, I know. Shocked. Yeah, I was like, it's huh? shocking. I know. Yeah. It's just of some of those theaters are like, what? I mean, they're, they're there from the 30s, I guess, 20s, 30s, 40s, when, yeah, people didn't eat things like Primanti sandwiches and uh, hot dogs and and French fries and get fat and also get But the taller. good thing is, it, it, yeah, for me, it's the height. My knees are always touching the chair. Yes, me. exactly. Um, but it really does make it seem more intimate. And that's what's great about the public theater well, is that if you're not a mile away. They're really close to you. Um, can I tell a funny story about what happened in Annie on Broadway? Sure. Well, in the dock, Sandy, or downstage center in the middle of the stage singing Tomorrow, Tomorrow. And the dog um, leaves her and goes to the apron and starts sniffing the audience. So the little girl grabs Sandy and brings her back to his spot and tells him to stay as she's singing, right? Uh, and then the dog again leaves her and goes, starts sniffing out in the audience. So anyway, the number's over and the house crew goes to see what was in the house. There was someone in the third row with a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and that dog didn't care how well it was trained. No. It wanted that Kentucky Fried Chicken. How do you get so, into a Broadway theater with a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken? And that would be smelling up the whole area, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's another thing about is the informality of the people that go to shows. It's like they just did the, they mowed their lawn and then they run to the theater. It's like, have a little respect. Yeah. But Indeed. I'm an old man, so. Yes, you're an old, fussy, old, curmudgeonly <laughs> old man. Who knows how to tie a bow tie, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's always great to hear from you. Thank Have you. A good weekend. Thank you. And I, I'm going to definitely check that out. Yeah, um, I brought tears to my eyes a couple times, actually. Okay. I will check that out. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Okay. Little Tony has uh, uh, has responded to my, yeah, when was the last time you were there? He said, I was there last year, which is only four months ago. So there. Um, and Keith says, Lynn, this might get me banned from the city, but I uh, graduated from Pitt and never once ate at the O. They gave you a diploma? Never once ate at the O or had an interest. Yeah. And now he regrets. He says, and now I wish I had. The one thing I find sad is how Oakland is being stripped of its character. The O has gone. C.J. Barney's, the attic, a lot of the bars we went to are gone. There was a grittiness. 
that's vanishing, and it's being replaced with that same corporate nonsense everyone else has. That's what happens. That's called progress, Keith. It's called progress. You take something that is unique, individual, uh, uh, you know, ground up that the people made, and then you bring in the bean counters and the money crunchers and money grabbers, and they make it look like every place, right? I, you should have gone. Milton says, when in the decades I have listened to you, the statement you just made about the culinary disaster that is Primanti's is that I didn't know where that was. I thought you were. Folks make that the first place they take first time visitors to our great city has always been disheartening to me. Oh my God. Yes. It's awful. I think there's this thing that you have to like it. And so people tell themselves they like it. How could you like it? Okay. Granted. Maybe I've had one. I, I had one sandwich. I thought it was horrible. There was no flavor. I didn't like those French fries stuck on the sandwich. The French fries weren't even any good. Um, and, you know, the one time I did taste one, I was doing a bit for <clears throat> WTAE television I was doing one of my uh, Lynn Cullen on the job things where I was a short order cook at Promantis in the strip. <clears throat> and I'd never even been in it before. And there I was and I'm behind the counter and I'm, you know, the orders are coming fast and furious and I'm, I'm obviously totally incapable of, I was impressed by the, the short order cooks there. I mean, how I, any short order cook, how the hell you keep all that in your head is beyond, just beyond me. They got 20 million different things going on and there, nothing gets burnt and nothing is everything. Anyway, so that, and, and then I obviously ate for the first time one of their sandwiches and I remember thinking, ugh, this, yeah. Now maybe there's a sandwich there I would like, but I, man, jeez, God. Paul writes, I'm with you, Lynn. I miss places like Polis and Bagel Nush and Squirrel Hill more than I will miss the O. <clears throat> On another note, I reached my local state store <laughs> on, the, on the phone at 9.04 this morning and was back home with my curbside pickup by 9.20. Jeez. I think six half gallons should last me a while. If not, I'll be listening to you from a detox center in the future. Jeez. So you call them up, and, and, and man, you, they had the order ready that fast? Maybe I'll try that. I've totally given up on them. Uh, David writes, back in the day, I remember getting food poisoning at the O at least twice. Well, that's a see now there that that gives you some cred. <laughs> it's one thing to say, yeah, I ate at the O. It's another thing to be able to say I was poisoned by the O twice and I kept going back. That is 
that's not a Johnny come lately jump on the bandwagon sort of a guy. Oh dear. So I going through my Twitter stuff yesterday, I saw somebody posted the White House gift shop is selling coronavirus commemorative coins for a dollar for a dollar for a hundred and twenty five dollars. Although they're on sale right now for one hundred. This is not a joke. And then there was a link to the White House gift shop. And I thought, White House gift shop? Where the hell is a White House gift shop? I mean, I, there is one. And I'm on the website now, the White House gift shop. And the website has the White House there. And, um, yeah, deal of the day, the uh, COVID-19 world virus, it says. Uh, and it has a picture of the virus, which is sort of pretty. You know, it's a, that red thing with the little yellow spikies coming out of it. And it's superimposed over a map. Um, and it says, together we fought the unseen enemy. Everyday citizens did their part. Everyday heroes suited up. And then there's another coin you can get, the COVID-19 task force coin that has the president's name and shows the podium from which he has given all of us such incredible uh, life-saving advice. And... I, I scroll down thinking, because somewhere it said that this was part of the Everyday Heroes uh, coin collection that they have. And I thought, well, what the hell other kind of coin, <laughs> the Historic Moments coin collection, that's what it is. And I saw that the first three were of the Korean peace talks. So that goes back a bit to the 50s. And the summit in Singapore, which I don't have a clue. And then nothing, clearly, until Trump. Number four, the United States Space Force coin. Number five, your commemorative coin that shows Trump and his summit with Vladimir Putin. Number six, Christmas greetings from Donald Trump and the First Lady. And it says here it is the most intricate and elegant design in the entire collection. And here's the one that blew me away. Number seven, its title, this commemorative coin title is Genius Makes Its Own Rules. And it shows President Donald J. Trump. And under him, it says, a study in genius. So I thought, okay, this can't. And then on more, uh, it, this story gets very complicated because it turns out that the White House gift shop is not in the White House. 
the White House gift shop is somewhere in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and although initially it had its beginnings in the Truman administration and was overseen by the Secret Service or something, um, all that changed a long time ago. And so this is now a for-profit business. Why the hell they're allowed to use the White House on their and clearly, it's a Trump, uh, you know, they're, they're doing nothing but these Trump memorabilia. They got it all, man. They got blankets. They got uh, crystal. They got, oh, it says here they have Democrat gifts. Sure, sure. Um, when I saw that you could buy now a COVID-19 commemorative coin, I thought that in a nutshell is, I guess, I mean, to me, that there it is, American capitalism, that there is nothing that can't be used to line someone's pockets, or there is nothing that Americans, that somebody won't be willing to buy. Margaret tells me, go to Primanti's when you're stoned. Well, yeah, but, you know, I always had, if I ever had anyone for dinner, I'd always try to get them stoned before I fed them because that way, you know, they'd think my cooking was good. Um, Gigi's writing, you can also have select beverages delivered from Wiggle Whiskey. That's that nice local distillery in the Strip. I had some tasty bourbon delivered. It only took a couple of days. Gives new meaning to shop local. Yeah, I'm purely a wino myself, so I can't, but um, I don't know. So um, this is a show going, you know, it's going nowhere fast. So I, I just want to share a poor uh, breed in Malaysia um, is freaking out by the news from his home country. He, he said, on what planet, he said, and he's, he's referring to a, a, a news story from yesterday. On what planet, he said, I thought this was an onion story. Well, you know, the thing is now, is the onion still even, I know it's in business, but how? How can the onion not, not have gone down the tubes when Trump was elected? Because every, all the onion-like onion headlines are now the normal headlines. So here's the headline that did it to, uh, that did it to um, beat, Bree, the headline is Kushner calls the coronavirus response a great success story. Um, oh, he was going on and on and on and on. I mean, he, he could not, he, let me find the full quote if I can. <laughs> How do you, well, I guess when you lie, you know, every time you open your mouth, I guess you can just 
stare straight at the camera and and say things like, um, I think that we've achieved all the different milestones that are needed. Wonder what he's talking about. A million, a million cases, which is an undercount. Uh, more dead than uh, the Vietnam War, which is also an undercount. Here's Kushner. I think that we've achieved all the different milestones that are needed. So the government, federal government, rose to the challenge. And this is a great success story. I think that's really what needs to be told. And he went on to say that by July, this country is going to really be rocking again. Oh, my God. Hey, did you see um, that? Uh, I'm sorry. There's somebody. I hate those things. Leaf blowers. Somebody's doing one next door, and it's like it's here in my living room. Oh, wait. I have the door open. Um, hang on. I can't hear myself think. I hate those things. I hate those things. Shut up. You ever hear of a rake? God damn it. Here, wait a minute. Oh, the dog went out. Come on in, Blue. 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 Come on. God damn it. Sorry, guys. Um, okay. Uh, now the dog wants to come in. Excuse me. Blue, I'm not leaving this open. Come on in. Come on. Come in. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. Forgive me. Um, So, yeah. You know, what's scarier than being in a deadly pandemic? Well, being in a deadly pandemic with these Idiots. These self-interested, clueless idiots at the helm. That's what's scarier. Man. Jeez. Oy. So, there you have it. Um, hang on, guys. I'm sorry. I am discombobulated uh, today. Uh, I hate to go here, (laughs) but this is the other thing that I had um, sort of put down on my list of potential things to talk about um, today. And both of them are um, problematic, I mean, in that they don't make you feel good. One is the uh, the threatened third party uh, third party candidacy of the former Republican congressman from Michigan, Justin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Amash, um, or Amish, Amash, whatever. And I don't know. You know who knows uh, this coming election being unlike any other, and and understandably, if it's a total rout. We would not be surprised, I suspect. Um, on the other hand, that's what we were thinking would happen three and a half years ago. And so 
anybody who thinks they know what's going to happen is out of their mind. Uh, so I, I, I just, I don't know uh, the impact, but I wish he wasn't, is all I want to say. Um, it, it well could hurt uh, Trump, but my suspicion is it would allow people who want to express their displeasure at Trump it would allow them a way of doing that without voting for Biden. Um, and I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. The latest uh, numbers, <laughs> the polling is apparently driving uh, the, the Trump crazy. Um, we all know now he's, and we know it's true because he tweeted this morning that it's fake news that he went berserk and blew up at his um, campaign manager uh, yesterday because his campaign manager wanted to tell him how their own polling, Republican polling, his campaign's polling, shows him in big trouble. And he went berserk. So... This is what we hear over and over and over again about working in this White House. No one is willing to tell him anything he doesn't want to hear. No one is willing to tell him the truth if he doesn't want to hear it. He'll simply refuse to believe it, and he will Blame the messenger. So bad poll numbers have nothing to do with his performance. They're bad numbers because the people that are gathering the information must be messing up. Now, this, I mean, the extent to which this man cannot accept any criticism, any view of himself other than that he is simply exemplary, that he is no one's ever touched, I mean, the very stable genius. This is the mark of a, a person who's got a mental disorder. I mean, serious mental disorder. It's why they really probably downplayed the virus when they were trying to wake him up to the fact that it was, uh, Mr. President, this is uh, probably uh, it's coming this way. Ain't no way we can stay. And because he will not take in information that he finds troublesome just won't do it. So it can't be true. So it's fake news. <laughs> in a leader, in perilous times, that is not just a character flaw. That is something that's going to kill and is killing thousands of people.
incredible. Speaking of killing thousands of people, um, a New York Times map that looks at coronavirus cases and deaths uh, across the United States and shows county death rates um, shows that Beaver County, which I was talking about yesterday, because they have, what, more than, I can't even remember now, it's, oh, was it 57 deaths at just one nursing facility there? Um, the map shows that Beaver County's death rate, the number of deaths per 100,000 people, is the highest of any county in the Commonwealth. So for their population, that is the worst place to be. Their, their death rate in Beaver County is 35 deaths per 100,000 uh, people. And I'm not sure what the Allegheny death rate is, but it's nowhere, nowhere near that. So even if all of those deaths are concentrated literally in one building, that death rate will keep Beaver County from being able to reopen, from meeting the, the measurements necessary to be one of the first counties perhaps to be able to start relaxing certain restrictions. And yet, in fact, the rest of Beaver County might be, I mean, I don't know. It shows the how iffy these, uh, these kinds of measurements are. And then we're basing um, decisions on whether to open certain businesses or relax certain rules um, on these numbers that might need closer scrutiny to get a real sense of what they're telling us in every specific uh, case. Gosh, I don't know. So that's scary. Chris says, I love blue. I do too. Such a sweet character. Such a sweet character. I'm very lucky. Um, I think I have a caller. Of course, I might not, but I think I do. Hello? Good morning, Lynn. Yes, you do. Uh, okay. Hello? Hey, so... The only thing I'm going to say as regards the administration, because I really want to talk about Pittsburgh restaurants that are no longer there and that I'm nostalgic for, is that if any family member looked as absurd in, in terms of their grooming and attire as Donald Trump does, yeah, you would, think, you would take yeah. them aside and yeah. try to help them, you know, speak with them. Yeah. You know, and, and and let them know how they're being perceived or, or, you know, if they wouldn't listen, you would suspect they're developing some sort of psychological disorder. Yeah. He looks ridiculous. 
ridiculous. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I don't know if you have you treated yourself to the pictures, the close-ups of his, um, yeah. you know, of his eyes and his the pupils that look like you know black holes. Oh, and there's no, there's no doubt in my there's no doubt in my mind now. He's on Adderall. He's uh, he, those his pupils were the size of saucer plates. Um, and yeah. if you if you look at a picture of him standing from the side, it becomes completely obvious he's wearing lifts in his shoes. He has to stand at an angle. I mean, what? And, and Why would he wear lifts? He's a tall man. He's a tall man. He's tall, but not tall enough in his mind, and he's lost some height due to aging. So he has yeah. to make up for it. And he has to. And the other the other thing that the other reason he stands at an angle and is thrown off a bit is he's wearing a girdle mm-hmm. when he's wearing, when he wears a suit, he wears a girdle. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's, it's just absurd, but he has no self, he has no self-awareness, which is why he's willing to sling insults at other people's appearance. Um, well, no, because he's I, I, He looks in the mirror and I think right. he sees this handsome, uh, this handsome, extraordinary man. Correct. Jesus. You know, I don't know why they don't even like tell him. I mean, if he applies his own makeup, because clearly he's wearing makeup all the time, that orange stuff is not his. Yeah, the the orange stuff is something he's putting on because you can see how it doesn't, unless he's tanning and putting goggles on and putting goggles on. That's which which makes his eyes white around with goggles and and everything else is I have not a clue. No, that's guy is, orange goop because yeah, it, he's just he looks like a mess. But I, but again, <laughs> I can't go on with that. So uh, there are so many places I am nostalgic for. I'm going to agree with you about something. I love the O, um, you know, for nostalgia purposes. Um, but the last time I was there. Uh, was, you know, when I met an old, it was likely about 16 years ago oh, when wow. I met an okay. old friend that, yeah. you know, that I used to hang out with in, you know, Pittsburgh in our, our 20s when going to the O used to be, you know, something we did every week, you know, every weekend. Um, and it didn't rise so when you I, went, it, it, it wasn't what you remembered. Oh no! I mean, it was. I think it was exactly what I remembered. <laughs> that was the problem. Maybe. Oh, you've maybe outgrown it. After the times, though. Um, I remember Galifties. I loved Galifties. Uh, if you're okay, in your neighborhood, Squirrel Hill. Yeah. And uh, that closed a few years a few years back. And again, I think maybe they just got stagnant um, and never never innovated. Um, can, you know, kept thinking that it was still the 1990s. Uh, I actually, when I was uh, 20, like three years old, I actually worked at Poli's mm-hmm. as a, as a busboy mm-hmm. and then a barback. Um, now there, frankly, what happened was that it was re- being run by the third generation of the family. And, and they were they, they were phoning it in. They were phoning they it were in. They were phoning it in. They yeah. were phoning it in. And they I, you know, I've been there a few times and. You know, the food was okay. It was nothing to write home about. And it right. was, yeah, you could tell it was, 
it was tired, it was old, and no one had. But, you know, that's what their clientele, which were mostly old people, right? They like, you like that. You like the the sameness. And I remember the the, the maitre d' um, and also the the, uh, floor manager they had, and they both commented on that, you know, uh, saying that, you know, the the owners, um, which were two brothers at the time, who were who were there may have been more family members, but they, the two brothers were actively the ones uh, that were running were yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that you know, they liked it when there were you know funerals and wakes, and they booked the banquet hall upstairs, mm-hmm. and the you know sort of the the old guard waitresses liked it because they made good money. But I remember you know like I said the the maitre d and the and the manager. Just said, well, don't they realize, you know, that's another one of our customers. Yeah, that's that's another customers, customers dropping dead, right? <laughs> and they were doing nothing. But, you know, they were trying to, and the manager in particular was trying to convince them to do more advertising, to update the decor a bit, you know, and they were just coasting. The, the two brothers were just coasting. One in particular was just damn lazy. Um, well, but that's um, often he, a third gen. That's often a third generation yeah. problem. Everybody knows the arcs of you know successful family businesses. You know the third right. generation, right? Phones it in usually. Yeah, the, the old, the, the older brother was pretty well involved, but I mean, it was still he just treated it like a job, not like it was his family legacy. Mm-hmm. And then the younger brother, who was actually you know he technically managed the bar and banquet hall and he was just, he was just lazy. Well, I got a feeling that, you know, in these instances, the family, um, these would be then grandchildren of the founders. You know, it's something that's always been there. It's, they think it's never going away. They know nothing but the success. So yeah, it must come as a real shocker when, (laughs) when they realize that, uh, a place is going is going down, but you know there's whatever. I, and I thought it was going to be replaced. I thought they were selling out to Mandalay Bay, but that ended up never coming in. No, I, mean, I think that that's that's still that's still. I haven't been. I haven't lived in Pittsburgh uh, near the Pittsburgh area no. for the past three years. But I think that 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 space is just still abandoned. Is it not? No, I, I no, I it's or been the, replaced by a, a okay. bigger. Uh, I don't know what it is. I guess it's offices right. and, and apartment. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's, I mean, Gal- it's Gal- been replaced. Galifty's, Gal- 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 I, I, I miss. I mean, they, they nice food, really good desserts, although they didn't, they didn't make, a lot of the desserts they bought from elsewhere. Um, but, uh, you know, they were still doing the garlic festival, you know, for the, you know, umpteenth year in a row. And yeah, I'm like, guys, this is a little played out. You know, you need to change things up just a bit. Well, here. you know, we um, all, they did, yeah. and they well, went under. Time marches on. Hey, time marches on. I got to go, too. Time marches on. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You, too. Bye-bye. You, too. Bye. Two little items before we go. I came across this in the publication, The Week, which by the time I get it, I know almost everything in there because I, you know, pay attention uh, throughout the week, and I don't need this aggregate, this compilation. But every once in a while, things get slipped in that I don't know. Uh, and this one that, and it's so funny, I almost forgot about him. Remember Michael Bloomberg? 
<laughs> Remember Michael Bloomberg uh, going after the Democratic nomination and throwing his extraordinary wealth at it and doing it unlike anybody else, figuring his money could buy anything. And then again, the misfortune of showing up at one of the debates. Um, it says here that now that all the reports are in on the final costs of his, uh, his campaign, he $1.22 billion into that campaign. Um, and that is more, <laughs> just so you get it, okay, over a billion dollars into his short-lived campaign. That is more money than the combined campaign spending of every other Democratic candidate at the combined, take every other Democrat that even tried for it, throw all their money together, and it's nowhere close to $1.22 billion. And it is more than the National Rifle Association, which is a group he goes gunning for, is more than the NRA has spent on lobbying in its entire existence. Whoa. And you know what? He ain't going to miss it. It's not like, oh, I'll have to pull back a little bit. I guess can't take that vacation. Can't buy that painting. No, he won't even miss it. <sighs> so. Oh, Keith writes, have you seen the TV commercials for Trumpy Bear? No. A stuffed animal with cufflinks and a, sh a comb over. I can't believe I didn't send this to you. Oh, you have a picture of it. I thought it was a spoof. And of course, these things that you think are spoofs are not anymore, which is why... <sighs> Why the onion shouldn't exist. God, these people are morons, says Keith. My only hope is the Trumpy Bears creator is a liberal who's trolling all these people and donating the profits to the Biden campaign. Well, that'd be good. Oh, I see it. Here's own a piece of history. The Trumpy Bear. It's just 19... Uh, oh... It's not just 19, it's 1992, it's what, oh, God. Show your patriotism with the new Trumpy bear. And yeah, you, he, it comes with its hair, so you can comb it over and includes a certificate of authentication with, it looks like, the president's signature. Is that possible? It can't be possible that he would have signed that. Uh, okay. Oh, it comes with a blanket. He has a zippered neck where the blanket is stored. Uh, okay. 
Well, I won't be getting that anytime soon. The Trumpy Bear. Wonderful. Jesus H. Okay. Um, hang on. Listen. Close. Yep. And here is the new numbers. By the way, when you see these, you know, these numbers now, um, we know they're ridiculous. Um, California is now saying it appears they have a lot more cases and deaths than they knew. Everybody has. And what about we find out that the state of Florida is now not allowing its medical examiners, its coroners, to release numbers uh, to say that somebody, uh, you know, obviously this person's dead as a result of coronavirus. They also won't, Florida, if you... You know, if you're somebody who has a home in Pittsburgh, but you winter in Florida, you have a home there too. If you die in Florida, but you count Pittsburgh as your main resident, Florida residents, Florida will not count you as a death that happened in their state. And Pennsylvania ain't going to, I don't think. You didn't die here. So the undercounts, and this is this is an effort, obviously, of Florida to uh, keep numbers down and to also screw up uh, the numbers. So anyway, here are the latest numbers we're being uh, given by the Allegheny County Health Department. Um, and come on, 1,289 cases, 94 deaths. So that's the latest, which, and those numbers are baloney. I mean, really, I think. I, in, a, in a time like this where you can't trust anything, any of the information you're getting. Hey. Okay, I'm leaving you with one thing, and that's this, also from the week. Professional gamblers in Nevada are applying for uh, pandemic-related unemployment benefits. Well, sure, if you're a professional gambler and you can't gamble, your, your place of business has been put down. I can see why you'd consider yourself unemployed. The closing of casinos, the suspension of college and major league sports has left gamblers without income. So they're applying under provisions that cover the self-employed. And here's one guy who's quoted as saying, I'm going to give it a shot. Worst case, they say no. Sounds like a gambler, doesn't he? Uh, well, let's give it a shot. Can't, can't hurt to try. Um, but in some respects, I mean, I do know somebody uh, from here who, whose father and brother are both professional gamblers in Las Vegas. That is, in fact, how they make a living, and they do. So that is technically they're self-employed in a legal business. I don't know. I think the gamblers have a point frankly, because there are people, yes, because I know of two who do make a living and it is their profession. Um, 
of gambling. I'm just saying. Now, the thing I spared us all is more conversation about Biden's accuser, Tara Reid, because this ain't going to go away. It's something that has to be dealt with. Um, and it's uncomfortable for our side. So I, I, I came upon a really good uh, piece. And granted, this is our side would like. But it is by um, it was in USA Today. And it is a former prosecutor who runs you through why he thinks she's lying. Um, and it's somebody who has, um, you know, prosecuted people for this, for rape and sexual assaults, uh, you know, and is, has, you know, default is to always believe the woman. But he said at some point you gotta, you know, like, and he, boy, it it takes some time because he, you know, the fact is, is that two more people have now come forward who say that she told them. There's something about the time here and how this is happening in the timeline that does make it suspicious. I don't have time to run it by you, but I think um, at some point Biden has to say something, doesn't he? I mean, I, 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 I don't know. It seems so totally out of character for him. Not not unwanted touching. We all know that's what he does. And we all know people like that. And it's just the way things were. And, and now, you know, with, you know, placing hands on shoulders and this and that. And um, who hasn't had a boss that did that? I, serious, if you're a woman. I mean, really. Um Whatever. Uh, I, I, I see that. But Joe Biden slamming a woman up against a wall and penetrating her with his fingers. This is in the Capitol building in a hallway. I personally, personally, my sense of him and I trust my sense of him. It just seems ridiculous. I'm sorry. Stealing a kiss doesn't necessarily. Penetrating with his fingers in a Capitol building semi-public hallway in the middle of the day. I'm sorry. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Just saying. Okay, well, I guess that's it. And I didn't, I'm, I still haven't, I, I'm going to keep that article and if, as things heat up, maybe walk you through this guy's timeline because it's really um, pretty good, I think, in terms of, a, of an argument why a, um, a open-minded person can uh, take it all in and say, nah, this just doesn't hold water. It just doesn't hold water. So there's that. Okay, guys, um, that's it for me um, on this dreary day. 
And I, I'll be back on, on Monday. Who knows what the hell will happen in the interim. But that's what, uh, that's what I always say. And, oh, Blue, he's brought his little blue ball. And he wants me to throw You know what? I've been throwing this ball. It bounces strangely all over the place. I knocked out myself, took out this beautiful ceramic art piece. It's shattered. That was the other day. And yesterday throwing it, it almost took out this gorgeous glass vase I have. And I'm thinking, if anyone else, you know, if my kid, can you imagine my kid throwing a ball around in the living room, wiping out priceless pieces of art that were gifts, um, I'd kill him. But as it is, Blue just left me the ball, and oh, I'm going to throw it again. There, whoa! <laughs> All right, that's it. Okay, guys, I'm done. I got to go play with the dog. Have a good weekend. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.